Hello, everyone. Hello. This is Anya and Ed uh, from our freezing cottage on the mountain. We're back after a long break. Yep. The spring has arrived, the swallows are here, but it's still freezing, and we haven't stopped putting the logs on fire, really. No. <laughs> Uh, so there's a lot. A lot has happened, actually. Yes. And um, so I'd like to talk about first of all to talk about how uh, we did a lot of exploring around our local patch, actually, recently. Yeah. And kind of confronting our worst fears. Uh, some really excited Connemara ponies and angry dogs. It just says that he feels sick. Told you there'd be dogs. It's a bloody Pomeranian as well. <laughs> Oh jeez, I thought that one had died. Just, remember, we used to see the woman walking it. So this is uh, the butcher's. Uh oh, uh oh. There's a, that's a proper dog. That's a black lab. Uh, I'm not getting so, out of the car. What is the dude's here? Just don't run him over. Or the cat. Man, this place is alive. He just, he just yawned. He yawned, you know. But somehow they're magpies. They're not. I don't think they're gonna. They're gonna be nests or anything. Yeah, sparrow like nests. Right. You know, they're magpies. Let's just leave. And also the... Oh, jeez, look at that Pomeranian go! Jesus, now we... Oh, my God. She's watching us from the kitchen window. <laughs> Job done, Pomeranian. Okay, so... Didn't have House to get number two. <laughs> didn't have to get out of the car. <laughs> didn't have to get out of the car. I'm, it's amazing. Like I went, I was feeling full of confidence, you know. Yeah, I'm just gonna, just a Labrador. It's gonna be fine. I was scared. Pomeranian. I was scared of that thing. Would. Do you think they mole people to death? I give you this tiny little teeth. It'd be like it'd be like being attacked by a stoat. <laughs> it would though. Just, just latch onto you, you know. She wouldn't let go. Can you imagine the tiny? You'd have teeth? to actually kill it before you. Before she'd release you. So today we are searching around the area where we live, actually, which uh, involves stepping out of our comfort zone a little bit and searching around private people's land, <laughs> with potentially having to ask them for permission to walk around. But we just uh, we're just kind of going to go into this uh, valley. There's a stream, which is very promising. And hopefully we'll not meet any bulls or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel, Ed? <laughs> I feel actually okay, because there's nobody around. Um, <laughs> everyone's out at work or whatever. We're out in the other fields. What's your worst fear right now? Shotguns? <laughs> I don't know. Nah, um, sort of, uh, well, you know me, you know. What is it? Sort of guard dogs. <laughs> Big angry sheep dogs. Um, yeah. It's like, yeah. Let's go and let's wander down here. This path. But actually, one of the one of the little roads that we walked on is a, is a boreen. And what is a boreen? It's a little. Kind of Irish. I know why you. I know why you. I know you're, why you're mentioning this because you want to talk about what the definition of a boreen is. So well, it's. I think it's interesting for the listeners. Yeah. Uh, a lot <laughs> of the roads actually we walk on uh, around here are called boreens, and they're 
basically kind of little trucks, uh, you know, very narrow roads uh, where only one vehicle can pass because they're measured as one cow, <laughs> what is it, one cow across and one cow sideways. Yeah. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> and that's what a boreen is. So that, so that if somebody's driving their, ho- their, their cows, if, they, if two people are driving their cows, they can... Reverse. They can do a deal and one of the cows can turn around and go back with, I don't know, so they can reverse or so they can pass each other. And a lot of those roads have, have traditionally had a sort of right of, of way, you know, so people could actually walk across them. But now a lot of farmers have fenced them out. So very often we find ourselves jumping over the fences and not really knowing whether we will have a very angry person or very, very nice and jolly looking guy. Yeah, to be fair, all our experiences so far have been... Yeah. Okay, eh? Very we haven't good. had anybody telling us to piss off. No. Or In fact, most people are just very confused about what we're asking, so they just they just say, "Yeah, go go in and just just do it." Yeah. Um like that farm the, the farmyard where we had a look around, he he thought we were from some kind of um He thought we were doing some kind of scientific survey. survey. <laughs> like we didn't sort of I mean, we did obviously correct him. We did we were honest about what we were doing. But uh, initially, we obviously gave the impression that they were on official business. Yeah, which is uh, which is cool because it allowed them to. He took an interest and let us wander around a wee bit. Yeah, it's a nice little patch. Um, we've revisited it ever since. And in fact, we've we've been revisiting quite a few uh, places um, that we mentioned in the previous podcast. Um, we went to mostly it's done after work, really, um, and. I would say that probably the number of the sites, potential sites, have kind of shrank recently. Not not because they, after we've revisited them, it didn't really feel like we found a lot of activity um, apart from a few of them, you know. So we went to them. So we should talk about them individually. The last the, the last yeah. episode, we'd, we'd we were we were feeling pretty happy because we got up to something like five possible sites. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of those is a field. So there's a, we called it the field site. Yeah. And initially, we found some plucking posts around there, pluckings from last year. Yeah. And we know that sparrowhawks lived there last year, so we went back and we saw a couple of a couple of kills, mostly just explosion of feathers from a blue tit <laughs> and the wagtail. Yeah. Uh, which I actually thought was a pigeon. <laughs> you can just but imagine my excitement. <laughs> I don't know how. You, I don't really know why you managed to think there was a pigeon because. Because I feel like every time I see something, it just. It must be sparrowhawk and it must be a large kill and it must be, if it's a nest, it must be a sparrowhawk's nest. If it's a kill, it must be a pigeon done by a female. If it's a casting, uh, a pellet, it must be, even though it's probably a poop from a pine marten, it must be a sparrowhawk's casting, you know. I just get so excited. Yeah. And a lot of the recordings, I think, I re-listened re- re- and it's me going, oh my God, a nest! <laughs> <laughs> even though I just saw maybe a... A bluetooth shivering in the in the tree. <laughs> so that that was one of them. So that's a p- still possible, a still a possibility. We will go back there again. The the field. We went to the golf course, as well. Yeah. That's where we think maybe we saw a sparrowhawk flying. Yeah, and we, you know, we went back, and there was this thing which, in the evening light, the last time we visited, looked just like it might be a nest. And I looked again this time. You know, I think it might just be a some kind of. Um, growth on this pine tree it looks mm. like it's made of pine needles it looks doesn't look quite right it Just looks like answer. it might be a bit of yeah like literally um so i don't know something like that and I don't yeah know. And we walked and we walked and held hands in despair 
Do we hold hands in despair? <laughs> we walked for a long time after work. I thought it was going to drop down. <laughs> but but then we also went to the um, the clearing where we were pointed to a nest before and we actually looked around again and did not see any. Still nothing. Well, the thing is that we are looking for visible sites of sparrowhawks, like kills and plucking posts. But really, from what we're learning more and more, sparrowhawks are very, you know, they do their own thing. They have rituals that might not really correspond to what we think, you know, is a traditional sparrowhawk method. <laughs> the nest sites could be very in, in various trees and, you know, sometimes they might not even have any pluckings around yeah. the nest. So it makes it much more difficult. Um, so I don't know, we we just kind of... But but we have been finding nests, and a lot of them, and that's been a, that's been kind of exciting because we're approaching this time of year when birds are actually nesting. So rapidly, rapidly. So we're finding nests around a lot more of them, and every nest is potentially a sparrowhawk nest. Yeah, and yeah for at least me, in our eyes, <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. A sparrowhawk nest. But they, they, I mean, I think I think uh, we uh, we watched a nest yesterday for maybe an hour. Mm. that we thought was really promising and we saw no activity around it at all and you just think they, 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 they it might be an old nest you know what do they actually look like like what does Sparrowhawk I was hoping I was hoping we are going to see a pigeon coming or going or something like that um, but we didn't see anything coming or going maybe for um, our listeners like what how does a Sparrowhawk nest look like jeez how do I I mean jeez you're asking me how do I know I don't know what a Sparrowhawk nest looks like I'll tell you when I see one. You know, we've seen so many, like... They're all like, in this sort of canopy and they're supposed to be sort of flattish platforms in the canopy of a, a pine tree or... But, you know, we watched this video recently. You always use the expression flattish platform. I just, like... I, I, I know. The stuff I've read, I was the, the sort of shallow saucer yeah. is more I'm, what I'm thinking. That's the phrase I've got in my head when I'm looking for them. And I'm looking at something that needs... I'm looking for something that needs to be <clears throat> a foot to a foot and a half across. Mm. But the mere the, and you and you, and I've seen things like that, and you say that's too big, and and then you pick out nests, and I say, well, that's far too small, you know. Mm-hmm. So we obviously don't, you know, we don't have the same feeling. Basically, about what I have it's... no idea. <laughs> and 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 yeah, yeah. Every every tree seems. And the fact that we actually see those nests, uh, it also makes me doubt that they're sparrowhawk nests because sparrowhawks are notoriously elusive. They just want to hide away from everything. So when we do find a nest and it's very visible from a road. I kind of doubt that it's actually a sparrowhawk. But then who knows? Like this video we watched, um, uh, sparrowhawk, amazing sparrowhawk video we watched um, by David Cully. Oh, yeah. So it's called The Secret Life of the Sparrowhawk. It's a DVD uh, which we ordered uh, directly from him. It's sort of, it's kind of, it's a funny story. The DVD was made, the film was made by this one guy, basically, Mm -hmm. uh, over 10 years on an island somewhere in England, Mm -hmm. an island in a canal system somewhere mm-hmm. and he just got to know the nest sites the plucking posts the the hunting sites he's got he had cameras obviously set up for months and months in different places amazing footage managed to get it's a very intimate life of two of a of a of a, of a couple a sparrow couple yeah and you see some very unexpected footage of them for example mating yeah, uh, and it's how they bond with each other. He describes the process of them bonding over many, many months from December, sort of January till springtime, and how sometimes the female mounts the male, sometimes the male mounts the female. 
yeah. and, how, and how the male, well, according to him, I'm sure there's variation between different spars, but particularly this couple, the male starting to build a nest and then the female hunts a lot. Bringing him food. Yes. And, you know? and then and you see this amazing footage of her calling uh, with the remains of a pigeon after she's had her, you know, full and she's calling for the male to come over and he just kind of abandons the nest for a second and he flies over to her and you can see how terrified he is of her yeah. because she's so much bigger and he just kind of, you know, grabs the pigeon and the other way around as well, when he hunts and he calls her, you see how yeah. terrified he is of her. He just kind of leaves her with a kill and she just grabs it from him. The alarm calls. It's very beautiful. So if anyone is interested in watching something very, very moving, actually, I found it very moving. Uh, is uh, I would very really recommend recommend watching this film. Yeah. And also, obviously, this will support this this amazing guy you know he's clearly so passionate about it but then he also talked about long-eared owls who moved in oh tony owls okay because we've been found finding some interesting owly things uh on our outings actually what some of the nests we found we think that they're probably long-eared owls nests yeah and we found them in this new place called we will call it the mossy woods I mossy think. woods yeah um because they're very mossy very very mossy and it's a patch of uh, it's quite a large woodland, so it's we're a bit kind of feeling as though it's a bit too large, and it would be it's attached to huge bits of woodland around the loch. Why did we go there actually in the first place? What was? Oh, that? because um, some colleagues of ours oh, yeah. uh, saw saw sparrowhawks on two occasions on on successive days, mm-hmm. flying over their heads basically into this woodland, and and one of them looking one of the. And one of, one of the birds looking like it was flying up into a, into a branch after it entered the woodland. So obviously that was really yeah. exciting, you know. Um, we found a few pluckings, not very many. Not Did really. We, find, we didn't we find, find anything. No, we didn't. Mm-hmm. That was the, the very interesting thing because we found several nests quite high up in the tree and which looked perfectly like sparrowhawks' nests, but we didn't find any pluckings. What we found were owl pellets with bones in them um, but we it was a very dense mossy woodland uh, very difficult to, to walk through and we kind of split you went in one direction and one I went in another but in the end we actually did not find any sites of, of plucking I thought I heard a sparrowhawk calling yeah because um, <clears throat> well I, for, 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 for I suddenly noticed that all of the birds nearby were just alarm calling and then I thought I heard that one kind of Mewing. How does it go? <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> um, it sounds. It's it's the sort of call that if it wasn't in the woods and it was much louder, it it sounded like it should be echoing around some American canyon mm. country. You know, it's this kind of it sounds just like a bird of prey. You know, like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but in this situation, it's a much smaller bird, Big and it's buzzard. in yeah. But it's in the woods, so it sounds you know it doesn't sound as dramatic or whatever. Anyway, so that was I heard you know, but it might have been trick of the trick of the trick of the ears, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think also we've been feeling like you know because you're saying it's like time's rushing on. They're gonna all these birds are nesting, you know, and the sparrows have got to be nesting now. In this film, the the males started building nests and like. December, December, January, something, yeah. and uh, 
you know, and the, even through late snows, they were trying to continue the construction of the nest. And this just kind of freaked us out a little bit. That mm. <laughs> okay, maybe these spires are in the somewhere in the south of England, but I think we were both both a bit like, oh no. They, they could be at this really advanced stage already, yeah. you know. Especially that you just don't know with the summer and spring and autumn and winter we've had here. Who knows, like, everything's messed up. Yeah. But then also, the, my, one of the reasons might, might, might be why we don't find any pluckings is because they're plucking them in trees, you know. Like yeah. in this film, yeah. a lot of the kills were plucked high up in the trees and you just wouldn't see anything, you know. Yeah. What remains is just a few feathers scattered on mossy um, branches and that's pretty much it so I don't know just but but uh, there was a really amazing site that we went to and that gives us so all those things that happened to us in the last few weeks kind of made us feel a little bit despair a little bit of despair I think well S- uh, yeah sort of yeah anxiety anxiety yeah <laughs> the kind of the pressure to feel like what we're doing is not enough even though we're spending pretty much every single you know, hour we are awake looking for for things like that, um, for things like sparrow, you know, sparrow plucking posts. It just not nothing is happening. So we went. Or like lots is happening, but we're not see- we're not seeing it. You know, yeah. so like we'll talk to people and they'll be like, oh, I saw a sparrow hawk like flying right in front of me, or having a bath, or like plucking a kill. But there's a lot of uh, anecdotal evidence that there are sparrowhawks around. Yeah, I mean, we know there's sparrowhawks around. It was, it was, unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately, we don't seem to see them very often. You know, we're just kind of maybe because we are looking too hard. Well, yes, quite. Uh, so actually, we learned a lesson in that yesterday. We don't want to talk about that now. We're kind of skipping around in time. No, but... I think we should talk about we should talk about the the amazing site. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about the well, amazing site. The two amazing sites. Uh, obviously, we've been to the island, okay, and we revisited it. One of the biggest biggest things that we did in the last two weeks is we went and slept over on the island, which was very exciting. We had our BV bags and a tarp and a fire with and a some, hammock and a hammock with some sausages and uh, chocolate buttons and <laughs> not not in the same dish. <laughs> well, no, but kind of for the same Pretty breakfast. Much, yeah. And bananas. It was amazing. And we really wanted to see if we can see anything, any activity. And and you you think you, you did hear a sparrowhawk. In the morning. In the morning. And then I stayed over where you, you canoed back to the car. I stayed over and decided to just wander around. I did find a kill of, um, I think it's a, some kind of thrush, I guess. So I followed my nose and I kept walking and suddenly I saw and I found a nest. nest. But again, obviously when I saw the nest, I thought definitely, it's definitely Sparrowhawk's nest. Now looking back on it in my mind, after we found all these different nests, I'm realizing that it probably wasn't. Why? Because it wasn't a conventional place. Uh, It was not in a pine tree. It was just some kind of beach sort of tree and I just felt it wasn't very high enough and maybe wasn't big enough unless it was still at the stage of you know early stages of being built I'd like to go back and, and look at it again because the island seemed like the still I would say it's still a high priority on our list um, it's probably the one that we've seen the most interesting and largest plucking 
post and yeah. I, I feel like I'm, we're slightly confused when we're talking about plucking post we're kind of using it in the same way as we talk about kills yeah because actually what we're saying is like we've seen kills we have not yet seen any plucking posts a plucking post is where a male kills and kills and plucks consistently over a period of time so you see a, an accumulation of different types of feathers and it's it's a, it's the same spot where he goes to pluck prey before he takes it to the female in and view the of the nest yes we have not actually found anything of the sort i don't think so i think we found individual kill sites where a male plucks it or a female plucks it and then they eat it together but there's not really any like since we've revisited all these places i have not found evidence of several kills in the same mm. the same spot um except for this latest amazing place the garden yeah we're going to call it the garden it's awesome now yeah. do you want to talk about how why did we go there we went there because two people we know well who've been doing falconry for a long time took under license a sparrowhawk of their own 16 years ago from this garden um it's in an area that's surrounded by farmland and sort of marsh almost mm-hmm. lots of reeds and patches of water very desirable from a sparrowhawk point of view lots of bird life around but in terms of nesting places it's a kind of an island in this in this big area so it's obviously a, a really attractive place to nest so we went there <laughs> and uh it's quite and far from anywhere else we've been yeah as well it is it's like a, it's, it's yeah it is it is um we drove up to the house which is right inside it's kind of it's almost hidden surrounded by tall conifers um the the whole garden is probably how wide did you say it is 30 meters yeah 30 30 to 30 30 40 meters yeah. across yeah uh, in a kind of a rough square mm-hmm. um and so there's a house in the middle of this um and we drove up and rang the bell and introduced ourselves and uh the lady who's living there uh, remembered the previous visitors who came to take a hawk away as if it was just a couple of years ago and uh, let us had have a look around um it must have been so strange for her the connection the, she she's got this amazing animals living in her garden and then every 16 years a couple <laughs> comes to take one away <laughs> you know i feel like we should interview her <laughs> maybe we should but it's it's a it's a great it's an incredible site i mean we found actually really exciting things there what did we find loads of stuff because it's partly it's partly because it's a conifer garden basically and it's so dense that the 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 ground just doesn't get a lot of rainfall underneath mm-hmm. the pines and also because i think she doesn't have any pets so i don't think there's and there's no livestock there so they're not disturbing the ground so i think mm-hmm. stuff that lies on the ground stays there for a while mm-hmm. it was very windy when we went there uh which you can hear on the tape unfortunately but um but even with a lot of wind there you know the stuff that's on the ground is staying on the ground you know mm-hmm. so kills that might be very very old even more yeah. than a year or two old still, still as far as i can say see still look pretty fresh the sparrows that live here there's it's so it's there's all these undisturbed kills you know in such a small space this is the really impressive thing about this place this is what gives the impression of the of it being just sort of murderous you know there's just 
stuff everywhere once you start looking. So we found kill after kill after kill, feathers all over the place. It's, it's like black or dark down feathers and then with a sort of beige tip. Loads of interesting yeah. species. I mean, large ones, large ones, small ones, really unusual ones, birds that you wouldn't see, like you wouldn't necessarily see if you were going to look for them. Mm. I mean, as, you know, like as a bird watcher, you know, you'd like <laughs> really delighted. One, like the two things that stand out for me were the magpie, the presence of magpies in the diet, and water rail. Yeah, the water rail. The water rail was the 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 kill that we found, and it was clearly sort of few hours ago, like or even minutes. less minutes, maybe. It's like it was so it was so fresh, freshly plucked with all this like lovely fresh down sitting on the top of the forest floor on the top of this ivy, and the beak and the had beak saliva and sort of moisture in it. Yeah, like the meat where the beak had been yeah. kind of ripped off was still yeah. wet, so it felt like maybe we'd even. It was you know, practically warm. It just happened. <laughs> well, there was no... The, 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 the only thing left was the, the beak and these feathers. Yeah. And we had no idea what it was. Mm. No clue. It was like this sort of short, short wader's bill, red, red colour. I was thinking, what could that be? It's too short to be a red shank. What mm. could it be and everything? Couldn't work it out at all. I had no clue until we got home. Yeah. And you, magic, your magic uh, tracks and science book. Yeah. It's really, really amazing. It's I feel a very like useful we never book. used it before, but now we're using it so much. Well, I never used it before. <laughs> I'm being introduced into the the world of Edward Coulson. <laughs> it's a great book. Uh, it's published by Hamlin. It's called Tracks and Signs mm-hmm. of the Birds of Britain and Europe. And uh, it's great if you find a feather. It gives you the length measurements for different feathers from different types of birds. It shows you pictures of the feathers. It's amazing. Um, yeah. f- bird footprints. Skulls, like pellets, pellets like everything, all sorts of stuff. Droppings. You name it. <laughs> you name it. <laughs> it's true. Like we we were talking about how we, I think, after this experience with sparrowhawks, we will never look in the world in the, in the woodland in the same way as we used to. We're always going to be looking for stuff and always trying to find feathers and yeah. But yeah, going back to the to the garden, we found. We found nests as well. Yeah, again. lots of nests. They could be old nests. They could be nests of spars. They could be nests of owls. They could be nests of corvids. You know, I saw I saw a magpie sneaking out of one of them. Yeah, we just looked like sparrowhawk nest again. <laughs> yeah, but the, the the trees were blowing around in the a lot in the wind, mm. and I don't know if any of them would be sheltered enough. So I don't know if the spar if there is a sparrowhawk nest there if they'd be somewhere a bit more sheltered. Mm. Within the we garden, we'll go back again. We'll go back again, definitely. the 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 other thing to say is just the sort of uh, like some real mysteries, you know. I guess maybe because it's partly because it's a pine forest, it's a lonely cottage. There's a kind of there's a sort of mysterious vibe there, you know. It's very dark underneath the pine canopy, and there's just a sort of myst- to me. It was a very mysterious sort of place, you know. And the the mystery, there's a couple of specific mysteries that make it mysterious, which is that we found, I found a pile of feathers. Say it, say it. (laughs) I found a a pile of sparrowhawk feathers, which looked like they'd been, I don't know, either plucked or sort of somehow simultaneously molted. 
They're like almost two complete wings. We put a mm. picture on the well, not two complete wings, but they they were feathers from both wings, mm. large numbers of feathers from two different wings, um, and they're beautiful. It's a musket. It's a male male sparrowhawk, and it was underneath very low pine branches on the sort mm. of pine needle floor. And I have no idea how why it would mm. be there. You know, was it eaten by another sparrowhawk? Was it maybe? Killed by an owl, because this is the other thing. So we think that long-eared owls are nesting in there, or have nested in there. And Anya reckons there's a, a an ongoing turf war between yeah. the long-eared owls and the sparrowhawks. Because we also found long-eared owl feathers that have been plucked. So something killed a long-eared owl, or plucked its feathers out after it had been killed. Mm. So... I think I think I have two theories about sparrowhawk Go. feathers. So one of them is that the the sparrowhawks, uh, the, the the couple, the the pair that nest in the woodland, they they ganged up and went and killed this owl, and then the owls retaliated, and decided to finish them off, and they killed the musket. In which case, probably we will not see any eggs, or chicks this year. You think it was that recent? Well, second theory okay. is that. Uh, an established couple live in this really, really small, very desirable, uh, you know, let's call it almost like the Manhattan of <laughs> the woodlands around. You know, it's it's a very desirable place with lots of birds nesting. And then potentially another musket tried to interfere and um, settle down. So the female goes, right, I'm going to go and kill them. Or the, or the musket. Or the musket, yeah. And so they, you know, obviously we don't know if they really eat each other. Maybe they didn't eat him, but they just killed him. It does happen. Females are really large and males are quite aggressive as well. If they defend their small territory, they're probably... And the reason I'm thinking that is because actually the couple that took the, the sparrowhawk from, from this place said that the sparrowhawk was very, very aggressive. <laughs> very aggressive. Uh, when they hunted it, uh, they had to wear goggles. <laughs> Protective goggles. Because? Because whenever they wanted to pick it up from the kill... It would try and foot them, and it would try and go for the face. So, I'm just saying, you know, we might be dealing with a pair of very aggressive sparrowhawks. You think uh, that the that the that the type of sparrowhawk, the, the the type of sparrowhawk that you need to be to survive in a place that's as highly contested as that is like extra aggressive. Yeah, because like the kind of kills we found: water rail, magpies. They're huge things. Pigeon, you know, we're not talking about tiny, tiny little, you know, blue tits and wagtails that we've been finding so far, or you know, tree creepers. We're talking about huge birds, yeah. and you know that that means that the female must be pretty strong and experienced and aggressive. Yeah. So we'll definitely go back and. Um, yeah. But you know, I don't know how we're going to solve this mystery with the owl. It's fascinating. It's really fascinating to me. Who ate the owl? Was it tasty? <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty much all we have for today, I guess. I don't know. Do you do you have anything else to add? Um, looking for looking for for feathers is like foraging, isn't it? For mushrooms or something. You just want to once you find one, you just want to keep looking. Yeah. It's 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 really it's quite intense though. We, we we tend to spend two and a half hours every time we go out somewhere. We don't even realize how 
the time just goes past past us. You know, we just walk into the woods. We think we're just going to do a quick tour around it. And then two and a half hours later, completely covered in mud, with wet feet, hungry, we emerge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, with pockets stuffed full of uh, feathers. Yeah. Camera full of pictures. Yeah, my head covered in brambles and, and twigs and everything and you never see anybody we like never ever see anybody else walking and the woodland is so dense and we're talking about small not not large sort of areas of woodland but but it's quite wild i think it's um very very wild sort of a place where you imagine a boar or a wolf sometime maybe we should reintroduce somebody Right. Okay. This is this is for another podcast. <laughs> Who do you want to reintroduce? I don't know. Uh, snakes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I think a wolf. One, just one. Just just maybe a pack of them would be a very good idea around here. Just to just to get all those people in the pub talking more. You know, just imagine the conversations I'll be having, like the highlight of. My knitting club, talking about wolves attacking somebody. You know, look at that wolf. Isn't he gorgeous? <laughs> right, I hope no uh, no members from my knitting group are listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll be, be impressed oh, that, you're, that you're impressed with them, I'm sure. I can't really do the good Irish accent, but I'll practice. <laughs> We're also thinking, actually, so sort of running, a, a bit running ahead of sort of things a bit we um, obviously we don't know if we will have a sparrowhawk but but if we do we're actually looking for a name for the sparrowhawk so this will be I don't know if anybody is interested in thinking about it we will be very happy to hear uh, okay you guys you know come up with Great a name idea. you know we might I don't yeah. know we might pick the name that you choose yeah so far what do we what re- the... do we retain our ultimate veto we, we or do we're going to put up for a public vote well we can we'll see yeah we can do a public vote depending how many entries we've got so if you have friends and you know yourself you can just ask around and just ask them next time you're at work just go oh what do you think a good name for a sparrowhawk would be just to <laughs> dazzle them you know <laughs> it's a great idea yeah uh, so it's likely to be a female if we do our if, if we mm. find a nest we can get to it. We can take a chick, and we have a choice of chicks, uh, yeah. chick sizes. We hopefully going to try and get a female. So we're so, looking for a name yeah. for a female hawk. But some instructions as well. You don't want it to sound scary or terrifying. Yeah, you, like it has to be something. There is that kind of thing, isn't there? Yeah. People don't want to give their hawks names that are too martial or uh. aggressive because. Because uh, it's meant to be bad luck from a hunting point of view. Yeah. So they give them these slightly odd or goofy names or plain names. Almost. Yeah. You know, so I think, uh, but I mean, feel free to, you know. Yeah, whatever. You know, just... you know, Nasher, Thrasher, <laughs> whatever, all those ones. Uh, and also, if you have any questions about anything that we've talked so far, if there's some jargon that you don't understand or yeah, or just any, any aspects. Just any of, things that you wanted to ask us, like we'll be really happy to, we'll be really delighted to hear from everybody and answer your questions in the next podcast. Yeah, yeah. So get in touch. Really, 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 it would be really nice to hear from everyone. You can, 
well, I was going to say you can you can email us, you can tweet us, mm. you can message us on Facebook, you can yeah. call us on the telephone. You can write us a letter. It is starting to sound like that All Saints song. I think that's a good time to stop. Okay, well, uh, speak to you next week, hopefully, or in a couple of weeks. Yeah. By the time you finish editing this podcast. <laughs> this uh, lots of love from, from us. Yay. Bye. Bye.